Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Uh, we're back again. Um, we're spoiling you lot, aren't we? We were back Thursday night, now we're back Sunday night. So you, you've got us uh, twice within three days now. Uh, so you lucky lot. Um, unfortunately, we're not back to discuss a Watford victory. We are back to discuss Watford drawing at home to Rotherham United for the second time this season. Uh, and for the second time this season, it was a 1-1 draw. Um, Watford have now dropped four points against Rotherham United this season. Um, these are the kind of games that you have to win if you're serious about promotion. And Watford have fumbled. Um, and I think after yesterday's result and Sheffield United and Burnley both winning uh, Friday night, I think we've all came to a realisation now that automatics, they've gone. Um, all we've got to be hopeful for now is a playoffs spot but those playoff spots are going to be tight coming the end of the season I think there's only three four points separating third place and tenth um so that's how tight it is at the moment and there's a couple of teams who've got games in hand as well which will make it even tougher and Watford aren't one of those sides our neighbours up the road have a game in hand which doesn't look too good um but yeah I said I've got Mike with me so Mike how are you doing mate yeah, I'm very well. Um, just a shame we're not here to talk about another win. As you say, they're the games that you, you've got to be winning. Uh, that, that's no disrespect to Rotherham. But, you know, Blackpool, we've dropped points to Millwall, we've dropped points to Swansea, we've dropped points to Blackpool as well this season. And Rotherham, we've only picked up two points. Bottom line is, and it looks like we've already got a Rotherham fan in the comments, but... So, uh, you're not going to like what I'm going to say, mate. But bottom line, it's easy the games you have to be picking up six points from. And we've only picked up two from a possible six. So, yeah, a little bit frustrating. But um, other than that, I'm all right. I'm um, I'm two days into my uh, driving course. So, um, I do five hours a day from Saturday to Thursday. My test is on Thursday itself. So, fingers crossed. I'm driving by Thursday and I can get down to more Watford games. But uh, other than that, yeah, uh, all good. So uh, I hope you're good as well, Ben. Yeah, yeah, all good. I, I just frustrated with yesterday, really, like mm. every other Watford fan. Um, obviously, you go to games expecting your team to turn up, especially against a side who's ah oh, towards the bottom of the table. But then, do you reckon Watford have underestimated Rotherham United? They won four 0 at the weekend previously at home to Blackburn Rovers. Should Watford maybe expected Rotherham to turn up and actually put in a performance like they did yesterday? 
I think it's naive of any football team, regardless of where you are in the table, to think, right, these boys are coming to town. They might be near the bottom of the league, so we're going to steamroll them. I think Ben Foster said the season we went down, the Watford were guilty of underestimating teams and sort of turning up and thinking the game was won already. So you would like to think that we've learned that lesson. And, you know, I know we joked about it between me and you, Ben, but you put a couple of stats up on, on our... Um, on our on our Twitter, saying you know Rotherham hadn't scored in the last four visits to Vicarage Road and they hadn't won in the last so many and all this, so you know we we, we just can't underestimate anyone. You, you've seen that you know you look at who's down there, and you know they're well capable. Anyone's capable of beating anyone, and you've seen how close it is as well in the middle of the table. We if you look at it. If we lost, I don't know, let's say three games in, in the spin and, you know, the teams below us picked up points, we could well, we could easily be in the bottom half of the table. So that's how open it is. So for us, if we did underestimate Rotherham, then, you know, we, we, we got what we deserved because teams like Rotherham and people down by the bottom, they're going to be fighting for their lives. So they'll put up a, a bigger fight than, you know, the, the promotion chasing teams will at times as well. So... And you know what you're going to get from a team like Rotherham. They're going to be direct. They're going to be in your face. They're going to want it. Um, and they did that. And, you know, they came to Vicarage Road with a game plan. And I think they executed it superbly. Yeah, I thought they did really well, actually. To credit where credit's due, I thought Rotherham came with a mm-hmm. game plan. They unsettled Watford. Um, they time-wasted from minute one. Um, and the ref booked one of their players very early on for um, delaying a throw-in um, just in front of uh, Sarah and John's stand. Um, but I thought they looked a threat in that first half, Michael. I thought going forward, they, they looked a threat. It was balls into a box. It looked like we couldn't really deal with um, again. Um, and then they, was it um, Daniel Barlazer? Um, he had a shot just outside the box and Daniel Batman made a good save. But there was warning signs before Rotherham United got their first goal, wasn't there, Mike? And then, I don't know if I'm being a little bit harsh here, but when the ball came into the box from, uh, is it Fusu? Um, the, the guy they've just recently signed on loan, he, yes, he put, he killed. A, I don't know if he cr- crossed it into a box or had a shot on goal. But Daniel Batman, he, he just parried it, but it, it didn't even look like it, he got enough on it, and it, it just fell to the feet of Shane um, Ferguson, and, and it, it was easy for him to put that into the back of the net. Am I being a little bit harsh on Daniel Batman there? Because I would have expected him to clear that ball if he was parrying it to uh, parry it to at least the 18-yard box. It went about six yards. I don't think you've been harsh at all. I mean, you you would have had a good view because you're right behind the rockery. So, you know, you, you might be better to tell me on this. But from, you know, I was watching on TV and it looked like he he perhaps misjudged it. Um, and listen, he, he had a better view than I did. So for me to sit here and tell him what to do would be wrong. But from my view, it looked like that was, you know, going wide. So if he'd have left it, then it wouldn't have been a problem. Whether he thought, right, I need to engage in this because it might only just whistle past the post. And if it does, he doesn't want to take that risk of, oh, why didn't he go for it? So, you know, to parry it, I think, was a wrong decision. I think mm-hmm. the shot, yes, it was maybe a bit un- a bit of an unorthodox shot. So maybe moved in the air a little bit, I don't know, but I think he should have dealt with it a little bit better. Maybe, you know, catch it, keep hold of it or punch it further out because Shane Ferguson, 
he'll have been picking up a lottery ticket on the way home because he wouldn't have believed his luck. It, it just felt perfect for him. And, you know, they're 1-0 up. And regardless of who you play in this division, if you go 1-0 down, you you know, you've got to score two. And we're not exactly a free-scoring Watford side this season. That's not to say we don't score a lot of goals. You know, there's teams in the division that have scored less. But, you know, we're not free-scoring. So, when you go 1-0 down, you sort of got a bit of a, a mountain to climb straight away. So, and especially against a team like Rotherham, who if they get an early goal, they will look to sit on it. They will look to, you know, have players back. They will look to absorb the attacks and just frustrate and time waste and slow the game. So, you know, you are sort of pissing in the wind a little bit when you go 1-0 down against a team like Rotherham. Yeah, and I must say as well, Rotherham, they scored two minutes after the whole off the ground did a standing innovation and were clapping for the young uh, Rotherham fan Henry Evans sadly passed away last week um, at the age of 18 no one should lose their life at the age of 18 so thoughts go out to um, his family um, and friends and it, I saw it it was put on social media on Friday and for Watford to catch wind of it straight away and then even put a photo I don't know if you saw it on your TV Mike but yeah, um, above the, the, the stands but they had a picture of him as well with his name um, which I thought was a touch class from Watford and well reciprocated by everyone inside Vicarage Road so yeah but that, that was definitely for him wasn't he that, that Rotherham golf um it's funny, like we we have moments like this. Like obviously, we scored on the Graham Taylor um, minute last week um, for Toby Adiemu, and then lo- yesterday, Rotherham scored two minutes after their fan sadly passed away. And it, it's just it's 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 funny how football does that to you sometimes, where things can happen like that. Um, so yeah, that that'll be. Rotherham's tribute to him. Um, but Watford did try to make an instant reply, wasn't it? I think it was a box uh, ball into a box from uh, Martins, um, a free kick over on the right-hand side, probably about just inside the Watford half. And he, he chipped the ball towards the, the 18-yard box. And there was Bio uh, at, at first from a distance. I thought it was Kone, but then people were around me saying it was Bio. And that, that was only inches over. My, I, I couldn't believe he even attempted that. I, to be honest, Ben, I, I don't even think he, he hit it thinking, I'm going to have a pop at goal here. I think he yeah. just thought, right, if I can get a connection on it and I can put it goalwards, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, and let's not forget as well, Ishmael Asar, I think before that, put a beautiful ball through to Mario Gaspar. Yeah. And I don't want to yeah. criticise Gaspar here, but if it falls to anyone else that's got experience at scoring regularly or you know even half regularly... Um, I, I think that goes in. He's very unlucky to hit the post there. Um, maybe his lack of, of goal-scoring sort of habit lets him down a little bit there because that was a superb ball. But yeah, no, Bio has a brilliant chance. And I think we sort of gently knock the door of, of Rotherham. We don't, you know, exactly try and, you know, blow the doors off, so to speak. But we we we're certainly knocking the door to to sort of see... If if anyone's in, then I think, you know, on another day, some of those chances would have fell better. Some of those chances would have gone in. But, you know, I, I was I was sort of pleasantly surprised with the uh, with the response. You know, there's been a couple of times where we've got, got a goal down this season. And, you know, we've perhaps been a bit lethargic, a bit slow in reacting and all that. And uh, yeah, I think the the reaction was was good was good from us, but uh, it's a shame it, it took so long to actually equalise. 
Yeah, well, Gasper could have had a hat-trick yesterday. <laughs> um, considering he's our right-back playing centre midfield, he, he had the chances of a striker yesterday. And obviously, he showed his um, right-back finishing yesterday, didn't he? It was unlucky with that chip over the top from Sire. I thought that was unlucky. Um, he had a, a shot from distance from a Watford corner uh, in the second half. And then he had another opportunity as well, which looped over uh, the crossbar. But I, I do like watching Gasper, um, Mike. He does, he does give that entertainment value because you know he's out of position. But he's giving it a good go, isn't he? he he's not shying away from a challenge. And he's he's trying to keep hold of that Watford shirt, isn't he? Yeah, and, and to be fair to Gaspar, you know, he's a right-back playing out of position. And half the battle when you're trying to score goals is getting into the positions to score goals, which he's doing it's just unfortunate that he's not a natural finisher or he's not used to scoring. So perhaps he'll do something different that maybe Bio Ward or Davis Wood, etc. Um, but yeah, he's trying. And, you know, that at the end of the day, ultimately, that's what we want. You know, I, I, I look back at um, one player that sort of showed that he was trying, but perhaps not the best technically. Uh, and I don't mean any disrespect to him, but the young lad, Jack Greaves, uh, Watford fan, uh, come through the academy. Uh, he come on against, uh, so I think he was come on. I saw him play against Reading in the FA Cup, and he come on and he might not be the best technically, but he goes on and he tries his hardest and he, he runs after every ball. He's trying to close everything down, and you know he's giving it a bloody good go. And ultimately, that's what we want to see as Watford fans. I, I, I lost count the amount of times, you know, I was maybe on the podcast saying this last season or. You and James were on the podcast saying this last season that we just wanted to see a bit of effort, a bit, you know, players that want to play for the shirt. And Mario Gaspar certainly giving it his all. And if he's, if Mario Gaspar's greatest for us isn't good enough, then fair enough. But at least he's trying. So, yeah, it's just a shame those chances didn't fall to, to other people or... Although the way that Bayo's playing recently, um, I know he scored the winner for us against Norwich, but he wasn't exactly great in that game either. But the way that he's playing at the moment, if they'd have fallen to him, who's to say he wouldn't have done what Gaspar did? And Espria can't seem to, you know, can't seem to shake that monkey off his back either, and he just needs a goal as well. So, yeah, perhaps shows the that that we're in need of someone that can finish the ball, and hopefully Henrique Araujo or however you pronounce it, is uh, is the man, is the answer to our prayers. Yeah, um, I'm surprised that's not been announced yet. Um, maybe yeah. they're waiting for Monday morning, um, everyone going to work, everyone's a bit depressed about going to work on a Monday, so we need a bit of a pick-me-up, so maybe Watford are going to spoil us Monday morning with a, a cheeky Portuguese announcement. Uh, but I did think... Um, Bio actually did perform better yesterday than what he did um, against Blackpool. I know you didn't watch a game, Mike, but he was non-existent uh, against Blackpool. And yesterday, he put himself about a little bit. He held the ball up a tiny bit more than what he would have done against Blackpool. I thought he 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 offered for uh, offered for the ball more. Um, I think there was a lovely moment in the second half where Kamara fed the ball down on the left-hand side. And Bio made a great run to get onto the end of it, held the ball up, and then he crossed it into a box. I don't know if Gasper got a tiny little touch onto it, but it fed it into a pass of Martins and then Martins hit the crossbar. But that was the kind of stuff that Bayer wasn't doing last week. But he's still he's still not doing it for me, Mike. Um, and 
I think Billich alluded to this in the the, pre, uh, the the interview after the game by saying that we just lack the quality and Bayo hasn't got that quality to get you the goals. You need that instant goal score, um, goal scorer, and Bayo's just not that, is he? he? He's not your fifteen, twenty goals goal scorer that you need in this league. I'm, I'm, to be fair, I'm looking at this team for Watford and we haven't even got that. We, we really do lack goals in this team. It's been a while since, you know, you have to probably look back at the days, especially in the championship of, of uh, Igalo, Vidra, Dini. It's been a while since we've had someone that will score you 15, 20 goals a season. You know, even the season we went up a couple of years ago in lockdown, that nobody sort of ran away with it. I know Ishmael Saar got 13 goals. Uh, I think he got mm. 13 anyway. Um, but like you look at the goal list and the top goal scorers and it was quite, you know, it was quite a long list of how many people had scored. So there wasn't that one that was like miles ahead of everyone else. Uh, and I, I suppose you could look at that in a good way as well. It, it shows that the, the goals are shared throughout the team. But yeah, we are missing that someone, and hopefully this new chap from uh, Benfica is the man and is the answer to our prayers. Keenan Davis has done, I think, a good job so far. But as someone rightly pointed out, and you know, I, I've got a lot of mates who support Nottingham Forest, and you know, they saw him last season. He's not a striker that's going to get you 10, 15 goals a season. Um, he's ultimately there to chip in with the odd goal, and he will bring others into play. So, you know, we perhaps knew that from when he was coming in. But hopefully this new guy is your man to, to do it because Bio's certainly not that man to do it. Um, I, I, I think we, we, we all know why Bio came in and that's because of a certain somebody. Um, and, you know, again, he's, he's one that will chip in with a few goals. I mean, he's on four goals at the moment. I can't see him getting any more than seven. Happy to be proved wrong mm. on that. But, yeah, he, he's he's... He's not someone that, you know, if you're chasing a game, if it's nil-nil, 1-1, whatever, and you see him come on, you don't think, right, here we go, we're really going for it now. You sort of, you know, that's not what you want. But he he got himself about a bit more yesterday, as you say, that chance for Martins. There was a chance in the um, first half as well where a ball come through, he headed it down, and we, we won a free kick on right on the edge of the area. I think it was like 19 yards out which Kone ended up hitting the bloody wall. So he's been hit with the Watford FC free kick curse. Uh, I don't know if he was any goods at free kicks for uh, for his last club. But um, yeah, you know, he got himself about. And, but ultimately, I don't think he's 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 a man to, to, to get us those, those goals that we need. No, but a, a man who did get the goal yesterday on his full debut was a fullback. Um, and I think he showed more than what Ngaki has done in this whole time on how to be an attacking fullback. Um, Ngaki just doesn't do it for me. Um, I'm not saying Ferreira does, but Ferreira showed more promise yesterday than what Ngaki has done. I I do think there's issues with Ferreira defensively. I I do think that's a big issue for me. I think he was very exposed at times and I think he could possibly be a weak link on that right-hand side. And I wouldn't mind us maybe recruiting again in the summer to to get in a proper defensive right wing back, like someone who can actually make tackles and not shy away from putting himself about. And a, like an old school like right back for like in the in the Premier League or Championship, like I just think we lack that. 
uh, like it's all great going forward and attacking, but realistically, championship, okay, that's fine. Uh, you'd have to do bits of your defending. But if you got promoted and you're defending week in, week out in the Premier League, you're going to get caught out. And I, I don't think Ferreira is at that level. Um, he's, sh- he's shown promise in, in his uh, um, day, full debut yesterday and little glimpses against Blackpool. But what what do you make of him, uh, Mike? Because it was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? Great yeah. run from the halfway line and great finish as well. Yeah, brilliant finish. And, you know, I, I, we, we don't score many goals outside the box. And, you know, it wasn't exactly, you know, an absolute rocket which blasted into the top corner. It was, you know, a brilliant strike from outside the box. And he just guided it really well into the bottom corner. So it was a very smart finish for a fullback. And it was good mm-hmm. to see. But I completely echo what you said, Ben. I think defensively, he, he doesn't uh, he doesn't look up to scratch so far. I do understand he's only two games in, played against Blackpool, made his full debut yesterday. Not a problem. Possibly could have scored a second as well. So that would have been a great, you know, first league start for him. But um, from what I've seen so far, it doesn't look defensively up to scratch. But then again, you know, I, I don't want to judge him off these two two appearances. Let's give him a few games. You know, he's he's got to settle in. It's a new league yeah. for him, new country and all that. But, yeah, from, from what I've seen so far, defensively, no. Getting forward, brilliant. It's nice to see when our winger's got the ball, he's overlapping. You know, we used to see yeah. that regularly between Kiko and Saar, and that was great. And the link-up play was brilliant. So, it's great to see him overlapping, trying to get in the box, get the cutbacks. But uh, I think a few more games is needed to judge him defensively because so far... He's, uh, he's not made good first impressions for me. Yeah, I'm not writing him off fully either. I, I don't want people to think that I'm just writing him off after that appearance because I'm saying he, he, he's not cut out defensively yet. I think there's still time to improve and I, I think he can improve. It. Look, he's, what is he, about 21 years old? He's really young. Uh, he's really tall for a right-back as well. But that's only going to help us defensively, early, isn't it? But I, mm. I, I thought... There's definitely room for improvement for him, and he does show promise. But I was getting—I don't know about you—but Darryan Matt vibes from him for the way he he attacks yeah. down at right hand side, uh, and maybe a little bit where Yamat scored coming in on the right hand side a little bit and fizzing it across the goalkeeper in that bottom corner as well. Um, but uh, and equally, I I really liked the way he linked up with Martins yesterday. I thought we don't do that enough having like two people on the same side doubling up in or and linking up well and creating opportunities. Like look for example the last couple of day, uh, games we've had Saar and Morris over on the left hand side and they've not been a massive threat. Saar against Blackpool was coming inside all the time and driving with the ball. He wasn't having Morris overlapping him all the time. Um whereas yesterday Ferreira and Martins they was causing problems and you gotta remember both of them made a full debut yesterday. They've not been playing in this league for long. But I thought it showed promise. Um, what did you think of Martin's performance yesterday? I thought first half we saw a lot of him. Second half it died down, and the only thing we really saw of him was hitting that crossbar. Yeah, and you know, again, he's another one that it's going to take time for him to adapt. You know, new country, come from South America, totally different styles of play. Look at João Pedro; he he didn't. You know, it took him a while to get going. But from what I've seen so far, lively, likes to get the ball forward, not afraid to have a shot. 
arguably could have scored in both games, was very lucky to that his initial shot, which Adeyemo did finish in the end. Um, I thought that was a brilliant save from the, the Blackpool goalkeeper originally. Uh, and then had a chance yesterday, hit the bar, didn't he? So, you know, yeah. he's uh, he's getting ever closer to that first goal. And again, I think once that first goal comes, especially if it comes early doors for him, it'll only, you know, we'll, we'll reap the benefits from that because a player like that coming into a new country, you get your first goal, you're thinking, right, OK, a little bit of a breather, a bit more relaxation because, you know, there, there's a lot of eyes on me at the moment. And he's got that first goal. So I, I think it will only be a matter of games before we see him score his first Watford goal. But from what I've seen so far, very lively, likes to get the ball forward, not afraid to have a shot, tries to make things happen. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing his career develop with us. Yeah, young guy as well. And I like that he, he's not afraid to try and take on his attack, uh, his um, defender as well. Um, he wants to try and make something happen. Um, I just want to talk to you quickly about, but obviously there was no more goals in the game. It finished uh, Watford one, Rotherham one, but there was a couple of penalty shouts in that game, Mike. Um, from where I could, I was sitting, obviously I was behind the goal in the rookery, and all the penalty shouts were coming up at the Vicarage Road end. So I couldn't really tell from where I was, and I've seen a couple on TV today. I'm not convinced they're uh, penalties. But what was your thoughts on the? Was it? Two on Ismail Asai and one on Kone. Yeah, um, I think if there was four altogether, I think three of them, no. The only one which I think had a little bit of legs, I've seen a, a, a clip of it again today on Twitter, and it was when Ismail Asai had the ball like right in the six-yard box and he was brought down. And yes, he perhaps goes down a little bit easy. I've seen Rotherham fans already on Twitter piping up saying, you know, Watford are just diving, cheating bastards and all this, you know. We get it all the time. That's the problem. Um, but I think that was the only one that had probably any legs to it. Um, I, I think Ishmael was, you know, caught. There was definitely contact there. I think the referee yesterday, uh, I think it was David Webb, we've not won uh, any games that he's officiated us this, uh, so far this season. And I think that was his fourth game that he's officiated us this season. Um, don't forget, cast your minds back. We're going back a while here when Marco Cassetti got sent off against Peterborough. And um, if anyone can remember, it was a bit of a joke of a red card. And uh, David Webb was, in fact, the referee for that game as well. So he's uh, he's not got good history with Watford. But, um, yeah, he I don't think he had the greatest of games yesterday. Uh, I think he let too much slide. I'm all for the referees letting the game flow. But there was a couple of questionable decisions from him. Three of the penalty shouts, no, not for me, gone down too easily. But that Ishmael Asar one uh, in the six-yard box I um, or just outside of it, I think that there was enough contact there to, to warrant a penalty. But at, at the end of the day, Ben, we shouldn't be relying on penalty shouts being given or being not given to win us games against teams like Rotherham. The, the, the bottom line is we need to be picking up three points. You know, we've, as I said, at the top of the show, you know, we played Rotherham twice now and we've picked up two points. Again, no disrespect to Rotherham. I actually quite like Rotherham. I think it's a brilliant away day. Um, if we don't go up, hopefully they stay up because I'll be doing it again next season. But to take two points from a team like that who are going to be down there, not good enough. Yeah, and I've seen people on social media today blaming the ref on why Watford didn't win yesterday or just moaning about the ref. 
And I, I, I get that, but I think Watford players don't help themselves sometimes. We go to the ground too easily. Then when you when it keeps happening so often in a match, and then when one actually maybe looks like a penalty, the ref's not going to give it because everyone else is just falling over with like a, a gust of wind. Um, and that's what it looked like for Kone's anyway, uh, right in front of the Rotherham fans as well. And I just thought, you, you're shooting yourselves on your, on your foot. You, you need to be clever. And, and if you are going to go down with a minimal contact, you need to be clever with how you're doing it. But yesterday, it just looked like there was just... They were panicking. We was one down against Rotherham. And every time I got into a penalty box and like a Rotherham player was nearby, it just felt like they was just trying to win that penalty to get back into a game. And I was just thinking, come on, guys. Like, try and win the ball... Just try and go about it the right way. I, I, I don't like seeing people fall to the floor with minimal contact. We've seen it before and we've mind about knockout doing it and winning a penalty for diving and that. And I, I don't like seeing that. But there's better ways of going about trying to get back into a game. Maybe just trying to get the ball into a box a bit quicker and up in your tempo and actually winning second balls in the pitch. That might be a start instead of throwing yourself to the floor. So... I, I, it just really annoyed me and I sort of wanted to make a quick point on it. But yesterday as well, Mike, we could have won it late on. It was Yasser Espria. And I, I, I said to you just before we started recording, I don't know why he took that touch. If he hit that first time, I don't think... And if and if he got on target, I don't think the keeper would have saved it. But by taking that touch, he allowed the defender to close him down and for the keeper to actually steady his foot in, and then actually got in the right position to make a shot. Then it was just such a weak attempt, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know whether... I, well, I think Tommy Mooney or John Marks alluded to the fact that that was his stronger foot. But still, even if it's on your weak foot, just just get it on target. Like you said, the keeper, with the positioning he took up and with you know the way that we had the ball and it was just a, a pass across the face of goal, the keeper was nowhere near it. So all you had to do was get it on target. And you're a professional footballer. You're telling me you can't hit the target with your weaker foot? You shouldn't be a professional footballer if that's the case. He's tried to do too much. And I feel sorry for him. I, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago in the pod. You know, he, he, he keeps getting closer and closer um, to, to scoring a goal. And it's just not happening for him. And I'm starting to think, will it happen for him? You know, because mm. every chance he's had, you think, yeah, this is it. And then he goes and misses it or... It's offside, or I don't know. But bottom line is, as you said, Ben needs to be putting that away, and we come away two on winners again. You know, would it have been deserved? Probably not on the on the whole on the on the whole grand scheme of things. But listen, sometimes you play football games, you play shit, and you still win, and they're the best sort sort of wins. So, but yeah, he's got to be scoring that. But yeah, so Rotherham had a chance as well. And they should have scored yeah. that chance. So. But, and equally, looking at them both, there was both really poor attempts, wasn't it? It was uh, the ball fell to Fosu within the yeah. six-yard box. And I don't know, it took. It seemed like it took ages for him to actually have that shot. And it was such a tame, tame effort. It, it was easy for Batman, wasn't it? Um, I don't. I think Batman. Don't think he would ever, ever make an easier save than that. It, it was just literally, he just passed it back to him, right into the arms of his chest, and he just cradled the ball, and it was just like... Because I, I didn't know what happened, because it seemed like it was happening in slow motion, and I was talking to the guy next to me, James, and was talking about it, and I was like, he, he t- it like he stopped 
he, he just stopped. And then yeah. he, he, he took his shot and he was like, did the whistle just go or something? Like, it, it just looked like it was a bit of confusion. Like, what on earth has actually gone on? But just a weird moment. I fully expect anyone else, like, if that happened to Coventry and Gorkarest was on that, it would have sticked it in the back of the net. Same with, like, Pookie at Norwich. Any um, Ollie McBurney at Sheffield United or Ashley Barnes or um, Barnsley, uh, Burnley would all popped it away. But thankfully, it fell to Fusu in um, Verovram goal um, six yard box, and we got a waiver one there. Um, would you say a point was the fair result at the end of a game for both teams? Uh, yeah, I mean, for all the possession we had and everything else, we we didn't really test the keeper. I don't think. You know, uh-huh. I remember at half time they show the stats on on the screen, and uh, I thought, you know, we had we had the large the lion's share of possession, and we perhaps got into some good positions, but we didn't actually have a shot on target in that first half. I know Rotherham only had the one, which was a goal, but ultimately that that's what it comes down to. And we uh, we, we certainly, you know, I, I, if I'm being honest and not being biased, yeah, a draw probably was the right result. I think either team could have won it late on. As you say, you know, Fosu had that chance, squandered it completely. That made me think, oh, perhaps it is our lucky day. We might get another chance. And then Asprea goes and misses it. Um, but on another day, they both go in and it's 2-2. So, um, you know, I, I think a draw probably was the right result. But as as we've said a couple of times already now, you, you can't be drawing these games. These are the games we need to win. Simple as Burnley have done it, and look where it's got them 18, 18 points clear, 18 yeah. points clear, and we're third. That's absurd. Yeah. So, I was going to yeah. say as well, um, about that because obviously Watford remain in third place after the 1 1 draw with Rotherham yesterday. Uh, Middlesbrough could have overtaken us, but they ended up losing today 2 0 away to Sunderland. Um, which is great because Middlesbrough will want to um, react next week when we're playing them. Um, so, brilliant world, boys. Um, but yeah, Sheffield United, 13 points in front of me, in front of Watford, 18 points are Burnley. Have you ever seen a league where it could be wrapped up by March, Mike? Because this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous. I said on the pod last week, I, I still think they're both due a slip up. Uh, and I, I stand by that. You know, Sheffield United are, are in this transfer embargo. Can't bring anyone in. Um, so, you know, if they have injuries, they're fucked, basically. I, I know it's, you know, a lot to to take into consideration. That would mean that they would literally have to have the same sort of injuries that we've had, numbers-wise. But they can't bring anyone in. They can't strengthen the squad. Um, so, you know, if, if players, if they have a couple of bad results... And, you know, we can't bring anyone in to say, right, we, you know, this area's been poor over the last couple of weeks. I've brought in a couple of new defenders, midfielders to sort of freshen the competition. He can't do that. Um, Burnley, again, you know, I watched them on Friday night against the Baggies. I thought the Baggies did really well um, and ultimately come up short. You know, Burnley are, are terrific. Um, I've been getting quite a lot of jib from Burnley fans on Twitter. I'm a personal one. So there was this uh, Twitter uh, account called Talking Tactics and he was basically saying how good Burnley are. Make sure you get a, you get to watch a Burnley game this season because Vincent Company's completely revolutionised Burnley. So I screenshotted our fixture against Burnley where we won 1-0 and I 
I said, I can't agree more. Make sure you watch the game with Burnley. In. And I kid you not, mate, I've had probably my mentions have been on fire. I've been driving from nine till three um, since Saturday. Uh, and I, I'll go on my break. I, I, after I finish my driving course, I come back and literally my mentions are, oh, well, you keep right a weldy. As if that doesn't, you know, count. Oh, well, we were crap in the first half of the season. Honestly, Burnley fans are so salty. But yeah, going back to your original question, I think they'll have a wobble. That's not to say we'll catch them. They're 18 points clear. But we just need to get a run going. You know, you look at previous seasons, I think Aston Villa, uh, when they went up, I think they won like eight games on the bounce. And, you know, some games will be poor, but you'll still scrape a win. Mm. But ultimately, if you can get a few wins, consecutive wins under your belt, who knows? I think Sheffield United is our is our best chance of catching anyone. Uh, and I know people are already saying that yesterday, sort of the final nail in the coffin. And it may well be, but you've you've got to keep winning your games. And you know you can't you know let what other people are doing bother you. If they win, it is what it is. But I think if if not both, I think one of these will slip up at some stage. And we've still got to play both as well. Yeah, there's still that. Um, but yeah, after yesterday's performance and result, I've kind of came to a realisation, well, for me and maybe many other Watford fans, are, that I think the other top two are just a bit too much out of reach. You can drop points, but 13 points Sheffield United, 18 points Burnley, it's an awful lot. And I know we do get to play them again this, this season, but that, that also goes down to will Watford go for the rest of the season I'm winning every single game no mm-hmm. Watford will drop points as well so I, I don't see us clawing back those 13 points on Sheffield United I think I think it's now for Watford the focus is to just not concentrate on that top two get your players back because it's been a tough tough time for Watford Football Club at the moment having 14 injured players out get the likes of Keenan Davis Jal Pedro Emran Luzer all back in in that first team, try and build some momentum, finish the season strongly. And if you're in the playoffs, just take that momentum with you into the playoff semi-finals and hopefully the final. Because um, I, I don't want it to be stale. Because sometimes you see teams that finish third, they either finish third and then they're falling just short of second place. And then they're like, they're not in, their head's not in the right place for the playoffs. If we realistically put our heads outside of the playoffs, uh, outside of automatic, being, like, that's not going to go to us. We just need to focus fully on the playoffs. So what I want you to do this for the rest of the season is just build momentum, win as many games as you can, take that form into the playoffs, because we know the playoffs is a bit of a lottery sometimes. But if you go in there full of confidence with all your players back, think Imran Luzer, Jail Pedro, Keenan Davis, all back in their starting lineup. We've got the Benfica lad coming in. Billich wants to bring in another two, three players as well. That's a really strong opportunity for Watford to capitalise into this playoffs. But then there's so many teams at the moment. Like we're, we're three, three, four points from 10th place. Like it's so tight at the moment. So I think we do need to pick up back to back to back to back wins at the moment. Well, Watford this season only seem to be maybe picking up two back to back wins this season. I don't think we've done three consecutive wins. And that's where that's why we're not like getting even further away from tenth or ninth or eighth place because we're we're not consistent enough. 
but but we've, we are doing incredibly well to be third in this table and suffer such an injury crisis which we've had where we've had to heavily rely on our youth players. James Morris has just played four games in a row. Toby Adiemu, he played against Reading, Blackpool, and now yesterday against uh, Rotherham. We we had another league debut for Michael A.D. Pokey came off the bench for the last 10, 15 minutes as well. We're heavily relying on the youngsters, but we're still third in the table. We have picked up points. That's why I'm not feeling all doom and gloom at the moment, which I have done in previous um, pods. And I said last week, I, I feel reassured with what's happening with Watford and behind the scenes. I, I, I do feel more positive. So I think it could be a good end to the season for Watford. I know we've just dropped two points against Rotherham, but just just keep the hope, keep the faith, because I think with the right signings and the players coming back at the right time, I think we can push up that table. Do you think it's it's all about getting those injured players back now for what might? Yeah, and this is why I think that, you know, we can't write things off because we have got that many players coming back. And I know, you know, I'm not saying when they're all back, they're all going to fit straight in like a glove and everything's going to click. But yeah. you, you know in the championship that you only have to put a few wins together and, you know, straight up. Obviously, a little bit different in our case. You know, we, we're perhaps the, the best position we can be. Um, there's there's quite a sizable gap between first and second. But like I say, all, all that has to happen in the championship, you lose two, three games in a row or you win two, three games in a row, anything can happen. Turn it on its head. You, you, I, I, an example I want to use, I know 10 points sounds a lot, but it's it's less than you know what we are beyond Sheffield United. But, um, you know, Birmingham City, a lot of my mates, Birmingham City fans, they're going through a terrible time at the moment. They're, they're screaming doom and gloom. Mm. You know, they're saying it's really bad. They're 10 points beyond the playoffs. They win three games in a row. No matter what the others do, they win three games in a row. They, they might be back in the picture. And it's it's mad. Preston North End. My, one of my best mates is a Preston fan. Um, I was speaking to him about one of the players uh, the other the other week because we were linked with him. And he was like, yeah, there's been a couple of players that have played shit. They're three points. They're four points behind us. And they're 11th. So, you know, it's crazy the championship is. But, yeah, ultimately, it is about getting these players back, getting them fit, getting them in the squad, and then just seeing what we can do. All we can do, Ben, regardless of how many points people might be ahead of us, we have to focus on ourselves, win our games. The playoffs, as you've mentioned, is a lottery. You might finish third. I remember that season we finished third under Boothroyd. Luckily, we won it. There's been many a times in the playoffs, not just in the championship, League One, League Two, where you finish third and you miss out. I think it's so, so horrible at times, the playoff season. But, you know, you look at Reading that season, you know, I think they were like 12th, 13th, went on a run towards the end of the season, got into the playoffs on the last day and ended up winning the playoffs because the momentum was with them. So absolutely, is about getting those players back, bedding them in and making sure that momentum is with, is, is with us. And who knows what will happen. You know, if if we miss out this season, let's make sure we keep those players. Let's make sure yeah. we sort out whatever the problem is with the medical team. Sort out all these injuries. Where is it coming from? Why is it happening? Sort that out and let's have a crack at it next season. And with that squad we've got, who knows what could happen? Providing we don't go yeah. this season. 
Yeah. Uh, well, one player who looks like he's on his way out soon as well is um, William Trusicon. I know we both wanted to say a little bit on him um, now. And he's um, potentially joining a Serie A club on loan. Um, but, and there's a clause in the contract where he, he has, if he plays a certain amount of games, he would be eligible to sign for him permanently. And it, and it's probably the right time for him to maybe move on. Um, he, he probably wants to be getting more game time than what he actually is at Watford. Um, he probably knows that Bidic has been playing Serie to over him. So he, he knows that he's not first choice centre-back. So he's probably looking elsewhere. I've seen that he's got a new agent recently as well. So he's probably tried to find solutions for him to get that game time which he needs. But I think Watford are going to miss him a little bit, Mike. I, I know not maybe in footballing terms, but behind the scenes. Um, yes, he, he was never the, the best footballer for Watford and he had mistakes in him. Uh, and boy, God, we, we've seen the mistakes and there have been terrible mistakes, some of them. But you could never fault the heart or desire or the love that he showed for our football club. And, and he's, um, his missus... His family, they're all Watford fans. So he became a Watford fan and he embraced our football club. And don't forget that he, he was the voice behind the uh, 2021 season as well. Behind the scenes when it was getting all bad, he got all the boys together with a couple other senior people. But I think he instigated it after that 0-0 draw away to Coventry City. And then Watford, after his meeting, won 6-0 against Bristol City and then went on to get promoted. See, that's the kind of character he is behind the scenes and the leader he is. Um, but I, I just wish him all the best for the for rest of his career. And I think Watford are going to miss that side of him. Um, what would you like to say about Trucy, Colin Mike? I think you've pretty much summed it up perfectly there, Ben. I, I think he's not to be underestimated. His influence behind the scenes, you know, when, when he come in, you know, I think he was captain for Udinese a couple of times. Uh, captain for Nigeria as well. So it was all, you know, all oh, that sounds good. We need leaders. And um, yeah. as you say, you know, he was that main instigator behind that that meeting after the, the drab Coventry game. Uh, I think they had another meeting this season as well. I know it's perhaps not had the same effect. But, They're weekly, aren't they, these meetings? Well, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he's called that. And he, he's a leader. He has those leadership skills. Perhaps, you know, he's not performance-wise, lived up to expectation at times, and especially in the Premier League, perhaps looked a little bit out of his depth. Uh, but as you say, you know, he's, he's a Watford fan. He, he, his family are from Watford as well. He gets the club. You don't saw many players that get the club, uh, which yeah. is nice to see as well. You know, you look at that Luton game, that, that was that was the pinnacle. You know, that, that was really yeah. good. He scored, ran straight to the crowd. Their goal gets sent off. You know, gives that wave. Uh, I thought it was. I thought he he, he was brilliant, and he, he just gets it. And like I say, you don't get many players nowadays that just get get it. Um, and you know, ultimately, in the defence that we've got, it is a little bit strange the timing. Uh, it would say to me that we've got someone lined up. I think I've seen reports tonight to say that we're leading the race now for that Portius from uh, Hibernian. So whether he's the man that's going to come in and take that place with. Pollock potentially going out on loan, which 
although we reported that in the last podcast and uh, nothing's happened since. So again, maybe they're waiting till Monday to just announce it all. I don't know. But, you know, with Pollock going out, Truce to Kong going out, that sort of says, and Cabba's injured as well, that sort of says, well, we need a couple of defenders in. So it's a bit strange with the timing, but I like to think that Manga and co have got this under control and they've got their targets in place and it's just a matter of days now before it's all wrapped up. But absolutely, wish him the best. Um, there was a video on Twitter I saw, I, I don't know if you, uh, in fact, no, you didn't stay till the end because you recorded your run back to the car. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> the uh, at the end of the game, he was he was visibly waving goodbyes to the fans. But best of luck to him. Uh, I've nothing but respect for him. Uh, he tries his best. Whether his best is 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 good for us or not, he, he, like I said not long ago about um, about Jack Greaves, it doesn't matter if he tries his best. That's all we want from the players. So yeah, best of luck to him, and he's going back to Italy. Um, you know, knows the league well, so perhaps he'll uh, he'll be back at his best over there. Yeah, I have felt sorry for him at times during his Watford career mm-hmm. as well, because I, I do feel like he's been made a bit of a scapegoat at times as well, and 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 not, and I don't think it's been due sometimes. Um, I don't think it's been. It shouldn't have happened. And to remember a time where he was getting so much to stick at one time, he like got rid of his social media. Accounts because he was just getting abused all the time, and no, no one should get abused for just doing their job. Like, okay, we all make mistakes, but don't jump on people's backs like the way he did. Um, well, the way he he received it, and it was just horrible to see. Um, because obviously he, he probably wasn't in a great mind frame at that point when he was getting all those bits and pieces being sent to him. He obviously knew his performances weren't up to scratch. And he was trying to deal with it the best that he could. But then he would come online afterwards and see all the abuse that he got. And that was just un- uncalled for and just undeserved. And no one should pick up abuse like that. But yeah, wish him truly con all the best for the rest of his career. Uh, I'm not going to say he's been a fantastic servant for the club, but he's, um, he's definitely embraced Watford Football Club and loved this football club. And for that, I thank him. So, Cheers, Truce. Um, but yeah, a little bit of news on Matty Pollock, Mike. You said about him then. We talked about him last week. He actually went down to Exeter last week, Thursday, Friday, and he actually trained with the Exeter first team. But then all this news about William Truce Econ was floating around and he was asked to come back by Watford to be in and around the first team because they didn't know how quickly this move for uh, True Seacom was going to materialise. So he was like on standby to come back up. But the move hasn't collapsed with Exeter. I believe that once we've got a replacement in, then uh, Pollock would be allowed to go back out again. But you think if we was going to let Pollock go and then Truce go, Cabaselli's still out injured. So we don't have that spare defender to go onto a bench at the moment so I think Pollock's just here until we sign another defender and then Pollock will be allowed to go out on loan uh, just wanted to mention that because I saw that earlier and heard it yesterday as well um, but yeah you're right Mike the, the defender that Watford are highly linked, uh, being linked with is Ryan Porteous um, of Hibernian um, Adam Leventhal mentioned it after the game yesterday that Watford were linked with him and they're going to look to try and get him in through the doors now. And also uh, BBC 
website also announced it this evening as well. Um, Watford leave the race for 23-year-old Scottish international. Um, Hibs have been in talks with Indonesia in the last couple of weeks regarding him because he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, if he signed a pre-contract with Indonesia, they would have got him for free at the end of the season and they wouldn't have to pay a fee for him. Um, I think if Watford wanted to sign him, they would have to wait until the end of the season on the free transfer. But Indonesia could have wrapped it up in January because they're an overseas club. Um, yeah. But Watford wants to pursue this deal now. So there would have to be a transfer fee to be paid to Hibs. I believe Blackburn Rovers were interested last week and put in a bid for him. Undenese have actually put in a bid for him in the recent weeks as well for a quarter of a million pounds and that was rejected. Um, so I, it's not a lot of money that Hibernian are asking for. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the transfer fee would be. Uh, transfer Market, the website, have got him down as for £1 million um, and they're normally quite spot on with the transfer fees and that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, yeah. Do you know much about Ryan Portiers? All I know is he's a bit of a leader and he's a bit of a, a mouthy guy as well from what I've seen because I, I watch a fair bit of SBL sometimes because I, I like following Rangers and seeing how they're doing. And whenever I've seen him, he he's that, he's a bit of a little shit <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's very mouthy and he's, he's in the opposition's face a lot. But then I look at this Watford team and think, we haven't got any characters like that. And you need characters like that. You looked at the Rotherham team yesterday, Lee Peltier. I cannot stand the bloke. But that's what you need in your team. You need players like that. I, I can't proclaim to knowing anything. And on that point you've just said, I think Morrison for, for Rotherham, thinks a little twat. But, you know, yeah. like you say, you need players like that. I, I'll never forget the video he put out in that back of the black cab talking about Richard Keogh. And I thought, mate, you, you're a knob. Like, who do you think you are? But you need horrible little bastards yeah. like that. You know, people that just yeah. ankle bite, as I call them. Troy Deeney, any opportunity at the ref. But sometimes you need that. So if, if that's yeah. what he's like, then absolutely, I, I'm all for it. I, I can't say I've ever watched him play. I don't know his style of play. Um, but I'd imagine that if he's, you know, a, a bit of a mouthy one, he's, he's not afraid to get stuck in. We need defenders like that. You look at Matty Pollock, just for an example, against Millwall. You know, Millwall are a, a team which everyone knows how they play. Everyone knows what it's like. It's hostile. But if you've got players that aren't afraid to give it them back and, you know, get in their face, scream, shout, be a horrible little bastard, then, you know, you, you match them for what they've got. And so you, they're, they're the ones that carry you through games sometimes. It even goes down to Sunday, Saturday league, park football. You got someone in your team that's horrible little bastard, just shouts, you know, in the in everyone's face. You are gonna have the advantage straight away if you can get in the opposition's heads. That that's it ultimately. So hopefully he is like that and hopefully we, we win the race and um we can get him through the door. I'd like to think that manga um has, has spoken to Billich. Billich is obviously aware of the situation and uh, I'd like to think we've got someone lined up and someone coming through the door very soon because as you've said, the only two fit centre-backs we've got at the moment, and this is no complaints, but he's, he's Cathcart and Sierra Elta, uh, and, and Pollock, obviously. But, um, yeah, hopefully someone comes through the door very, very soon. Let's hope so. Um, Billich seems to think that there will be a few signings this week. 
Um, so I think it's going to be a busy week at WD18. Um, but just quickly before we wrap it up, the youth team have got their date for the Arsenal game in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. It will be Monday the 6th of February at 7pm. Um, so make sure you get yourself down to Vicarage Road to support on the youngsters. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you everyone for watching tonight. Um, don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And, and me and Mike will be back next weekend. Uh, we're away to Middlesbrough. It's going to be a tough game. Um, Middlesbrough will be looking to bounce back after their 2-0 defeat away to Sunderland uh, this afternoon. And Watford will be wanting to pick up more than a point than what we did yesterday. Um, hopefully, maybe more players will be coming back from injury. Keenan Davis is... Um, maybe being reported to coming back. I know he was due to be back this weekend, but then he had an illness which delayed his return. Um, so that would be a big difference what the front line of his back. And even if Henry Arichol, I think, is that how you pronounce his name? I have no idea. Butchered it there. Um, but hopefully he'll be in and around the first team as well. Hopefully starting. Um, but yeah, stay safe, everyone, and come on yours. Sports Social Podcast Network.